Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 184 of Elijah Fire. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. Once a week, I like to hit, highlight this because for the next couple of months, we're really focusing on U.S.-based uh, organizations that are uh, helping assist people in the recovery of human trafficking, counseling. It could be any number of things. So if um, you are interested in applying for a grant or recommending a great organization to us that's U.S.-based, you can visit ElijahStreamsGrants.com. That's ElijahStreamsGrants.com. And that'll take you to a page and you have the option to uh, apply on behalf of an organization you represent. It could be your own. It could be one you work for. Uh, you could be the ambassador for it or you can recommend one to us. So we're going to be highlighting that for the next couple of months. Um, so wanted to just touch base on that at least once a week. So that's ElijahStreamsGrants.com. Um, okay. I think, oh yes, there's one more thing. So I, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Patty who wrote us uh, either yesterday or this morning. Um, for the, like the past couple of episodes that I've been talking about the Asbury revival, I've been calling it a Baptist university uh, because that's what I was told it was um, internally. So um, it actually is not. Uh, and so I stand corrected. I want to thank Patty for pointing that out to us. It actually is a non-denominational university. And this is kind of interesting. Um, it is named after, hold on, let me pull up the email really quick. I'll read just a little bit because it's super interesting. And I kind of looked it up a little bit myself. Um, but it is named after Francis Asbury, who is the protege of John Wesley from England. Um, and so, uh, you know, he was a protege of John Wesley. John Wesley was a leader of revival. He's a theologian, all that, but he was a leader of revival in England in the 1700s. That's where the whole Methodist thing came from. Uh, so the college actually has kind of a, a history of revival, if you will, or a lineage of revival. So it's really cool that this is happening there. But from what I do understand, and this, again, I could be mistaken, but from just what has been shared to me, um, that they're not known for operating in this in a while. Like this type of thing is is more unusual, um, what's been happening there. And we just are all, all here for it. And as you guys know, I've been very much um, an advocate of unity within the body of Christ and differing uh, denominations, but that as we come together, it's absolutely essential that we have the power of God present for where God is leading us. So um, yeah, so I just wanted to point that out just in case anybody's been quoting me. Asbury University is not a Baptist university, it is a non-denominational university. Um, so I stand corrected. Thank you again, Patty. God bless you. Thank you for the history lesson, all that super good stuff. I would encourage you guys to look up just the history of John Wesley, Francis Asbury, even the Asbury University, all that stuff. Check it out. All right. So um, without any further ado, today we're going to be talking about dreams, which is awesome. I love dreams. I love talking about dreams. There's like endless amounts of revelation to be had about dreams and how to interpret dreams. So we're going to be talking all about that with my guest today, who's an indie rock artist. He's a songwriter. He's a poet. He's a painter. Let's give it up for Hank Pym. Monday! What's up? <laughs> yeah, oh, he's cracking it open. 
Got my bubbly ready. Oh, you got the bubbly. Yeah. You you do you bounce between polar and bubbly, or do you just whatever? Um, I bounce between them all. Polar bubbly, generic bubbly. You know what's awesome? They're all great. Waterloo is awesome because Waterloo (laughs) has pineapple. It's so good, you guys. Get the Waterloo. I love the Waterloo. The pineapple flavor. The grape is pretty slamming. The strawberry is pretty slamming. Waterloo, everybody. Uh, they they are not a sponsor of Elijah Fire, but you know, if they're, <laughs> if they're into this kind of thing. I would love to have them as a sponsor. That'd be great. Um, all right. So I also said Hank Pym, and people are like, "Why? What in the world?" His name tag says Hank Pym. There it is. See, you can see it right there. Boom. Sorry. All right. All right. So Monday, uh, we're gonna be talking about dreams today. And yes, sir. We notes, are. I was pretty excited. So. Oh, good, um, man. I am just going to let you start talking, start sharing, spitting that revelation, and then uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just go for it, man. You're, you remind me of a, a Christian, like, Holy Ghost-filled Jack Black with revelation, some of your verbi- verbi- yeah. edge. Yeah. You're funny, man. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like the, that God's people are crying out. We're in a season of revival. And one of the intimate things that God offers is speaking to us. And it's not always, you know, the way we would hope, like an audible voice. So we have to learn God's ways and get a biblical foundation of how he speaks. And one of those is be a people that uh, understand enigmas and riddles. So I'd like to just open up with the scripture and, um, it's in numbers. Can I just start reading this, the scripture and we can talk yeah. about how God speaks through dreams. Yeah. And um, it's really fascinating. The things that I've learned from God through dream language, the things that I've avoided uh, that could have caused massive economic troubles for us and different things. And so he speaks through dreams. He always has. And in numbers 12 verse eight, We're all familiar with the scripture, but it's good to rehash. I speak to Moses face to face. Now, that's not negating that all of you can have that kind of face to face relationship with God. So but sometimes it might be through riddles. So he said, I speak to Moses face to face clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. And so one one of the things we understand when we read. you know, this, the scripture is that when there's a prophet, when there's a prophet among the people, um, God speaks to them face to face and you, you, you don't have to necessarily be a prophet in a ministry to hear from God like that. But usually the office of a prophet will have a face to face relationship with Jesus. I know a, a popular one. We all know that past, um, Kenneth Hagin, he had moments where Jesus would come into his room and literally sit on his bed and speak to him face to face, Jeff. And uh, he would see the imprint when Jesus walked away of where he had sat on his bed. So there was evidence Mm -hmm. he was there. Um, But it talks about in Numbers how he speaks to the children of Israel through riddles in the night. Another word for that is enigmas. I remember the band Enigma in the nineties. Oh yeah. And they were really strange. Uh, and it strange. is, it is strange. It is, it's, it's, you have to be a person of adventure to 
go on a journey with God. And sometimes going on a journey and figuring out a riddle makes the meaning of what God's trying to say to you more valuable. Does that make sense? Uh As if it's often uncovering a secret, sometimes reading things through code often gets us more high than just hearing from someone and talking to us straight. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and that, that journey and that adventure too is like, sometimes we get something from the Lord and we don't quite understand the value of it. And then yeah, going on the yeah. journey, it's like all, you, you're, you're, you're put into positions where you have to utilize that thing that he gave you. And then you mm-hmm. start to realize, Oh man, this is like super valuable. So yeah. And it's fun to grab your cup of coffee in the morning. I'm having my second cup today. Oh, nice. And Really just like Lou Engle will sometimes say, Lord, what did you show me last night? Do that when you wake up. Lord, what did you show me last night? Close your eyes because a lot of times right when you wake up, you forget your dreams. But if you'll close your eyes, um, it will come back to you. You'll start remembering images and things. And sometimes later in the day, it comes back. And it's good to have a group of people, maybe your spouse, that you can try to figure out these riddles in the night, what is God saying to you? Um, God will always speak, and when He, when you interpret it accurately, it will always lead to righteousness. Uh, it'll always lead to righteous decisions. Um, if it leads to sin, debauchery of any kind, uh, it's it's you know that's falsely interpreted dreams, or could even be satanic dreams in nature. And um, so we want to avoid that pitfall being Christians, we don't want to get suckered into new age because new agers, God bless their hearts. They're seeking God and they don't know how to find them. Maybe they're gonna at things like the Ashbury revival, but you know, some of them have never experienced God in church settings. So we want to avoid getting into new age, avoid getting onto Google and typing. What does a Fox mean in a dream? Cause you, you're going to get a lot of new age websites and then you're going to have to break that stuff off your life. Uh, I always tell people get a Bible out, get a biblical foundation and try to interpret it through your biblical understanding. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That way you're grounded and you don't get in any, any pitfalls or go into deception. Yeah. So yeah, I've had some dreams uh, where God speaks sometimes very literally. And then I've had some dreams where you're like, what does that symbol mean? What does that symbol mean? And so me and Jennifer will have to just hash it out and talk. And then we figure out, oh, that's what this means. And um, sometimes God will give you a dream for a friend as a warning that literally God's telling you to tell them, stop this, or you could fall into sin, stop this, you might lose your salvation. Or uh, a lot of times it could be encouraging even for friends. Hey, I had a dream about you last night. God showed me you were going through a hard time and you've been in a season of depression. And I've had so much interactions with people where God gave me dreams, uh, not about like America or like a word for, you know, Google, but like just one word for just one person. He cares that much. And he'll do that. He'll do that. He'll give you dreams for for your friends, for your family. And sometimes it'll, it'll give them glimpses of God's grace where they could not see it before. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And I think too, um, something that I think is always worth reiterating is that you may find the meaning, the biblical meaning of something, say in a dream, but it, like to not make the assumption, especially if you felt at peace with something that 
you know, the Bible might depict as, as a, you know, something really gnarly, right. Or, or serious yeah. and going, okay, I, it's important. Like James Gall always says, what was the primary emotion? Um, and yeah, that sounds like James. Yeah. And so he always, that he said, that's <laughs> the first thing I ask when I get up in the morning or when I'm at talking to somebody about a dream is what was the primary emotion? And so that's something yeah. I've carried into like when my friends have dreams, or, or, you know, Lauren has a dream, or even I do, I'll ask what was the primary emotion. And so you might be in this situation where like, it would normally be intense, but like in real life, or in another dream, but in this one, actually, you were like laughing and having like, you were like, not afraid, like that, those are important things to ask. So you could see, uh, you know, I don't know, something that it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, you brought James Gall up. Because um, he's been so close to me over the years. He's been one of my spiritual mentors. And it, the reason why I was even launched into ministry was God used him to help me. Um, so when I had uh, first met James Gall, because a friend of mine was interning for his ministry during the call in Nashville during 070707. And so I asked if I could meet James. I've always loved him. I'd been to his conferences and he set up a meeting with us. And right before that meeting, I had a dream that I was in Israel. And at the time, my wife and I were missionaries there. And I saw James Gall. I was walking down a road in Israel and James Gall suddenly drives a red pickup truck and stops and looks at me on the side of the road and goes, buddy get in. <laughs> and I got in James Gall's pickup truck, which was a red pickup truck. So like you said, what was the meaning? What are some of the, the things that stood out to you most that red pickup truck did? And at the end of this, I'll tell you why that was important. So I sat in his front seat and as we drove down the road, I began to float and I floated to the top of his pickup truck and was sitting on top. And then by the end of our journey, I was floating so high that I was on top of a house overlooking the hills of Judea, where we stayed on our honeymoon when Jennifer and I first went there. And I could see everything. And it was like this, like this shirt I'm wearing today. Bob Jones often wore these shirts and was seen wearing Eagle shirts at his uh, conferences. I felt like I could see because I was at a higher place. Mm. So I talked to James and he, we were on an airplane flight and I was going with him to Colorado. I ministered at Dutch Sheets Church with him there. And he goes, you didn't know this Monday, but I've got a red pickup truck. Oh, what? <laughs> and I was like, you seriously do? So that was literal. Yeah. And then it all the more confirmed to him that he was supposed to mentor me in this season. He said, buddy, I have been, you've been on my radar and God has been telling me that I need to mentor you. And he said, you floated to the top of my vehicle. So my floor, he said, my ceiling will be your floor. That's how he put it. He said, when you ended up on top of my vehicle, God is going to let you walk on my ceiling for wow. your ministry. And I was wow. so touched because I had just gotten out of a, a cult and my heart was broken. And God even had to use a dream to show James and I that it was time for me and Jennifer to leave that cult. And wow. we went through a lot of inner healing. It took I didn't years. know that, dude. Yeah. I mean, and James. Privately? I'm not sure. But yeah, I didn't know that. 
and, and yeah, and, and the fact the fact is is like even though that church dismembered, we've all made up. We've we've talked together on the phone. We've forgiven each other, and yeah. it didn't end in such pain that you know we couldn't um, heal. And so that's been beautiful. But James, you wouldn't believe it, but James helped me walk through that process of leaving an eight year. Wow. Um, uh, I was there. We were there for eight years serving. Yeah. And we learned a lot of great stuff there. In fact, some of the great things we learned that I'm still practicing today, you know, so not all of it was bad. James really helped me walk through that, how to not carry bitterness, you know, take the good stuff you learned and let it bear fruit, Mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah. Well, what a testimony of like God using a dream to kind of provoke that with, you know, and then sharing that. So did you have kind of an idea of what it meant when you got the dream or was it by seeking out, uh, you know, someone like James Gall, it doesn't have to be yeah. someone like James Gall. I don't want people to get yeah. in mind. We're like, well, I can't just walk up to James Gall. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doomed. Like that's no, but you went to another believer who you knew had some experience in dream interpretation. You know, what, what was that like? Was it just a, did you have kind of a general idea of what it meant at the time or not at all? I, I think it's like, you know how the Bible says God speaks through the mouth of two or three witnesses. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's good to have accountability. Yes. So you're not just like um, a one man show yeah, or wonky a, interpretation. a wonky, wonky dude. Yeah. Dude, like have people that you can confirm God's voice. Um, and that's community. And, and, and God loves that. He says, we're two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst. So there's power in agreement. And um, I, I even thought of this today, Jeff, just to give people a practical way to begin to maybe with your friends, maybe with your family, try practicing riddles together. Like recently, my wife and I uh, months ago, we were we were going through these nights every night where we were just um, reading through this, these riddle books. And it was fun to try to figure out. And the thing about riddles and dreams is it takes it, I mean, God actually has to anoint our intelligence to figure out what he's saying. You know, um, it takes understanding. It takes wisdom. And the simple, the simple minded man is not going to understand these riddles and dreams. So sometimes it's even good to train yourself some brain power because God's going to anoint your brain mm-hmm. as well as your spirit so that you can interpret what he's saying. Don't mm-hmm. you think that's valid? Oh, big time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Maybe yeah. try to get good at figuring out riddles, just practical riddle books in real life. And maybe yeah. that will help you in your journey of understanding God's riddles. Well, and it's like with anything, you know, um, the more I really pressed into dream interpretation um, and seeking a biblical, you know, talking with people, sharing my dreams with people. The actually the easier it became to start to see certain things like and to help interpret things for other people. Now I will completely admit that there are times when people still share dreams with me, and I'm like, <laughs> I got you're kind of I mean, like I I maybe well, but what's interesting though is this is like okay, I'll use my wife for example, where like there's times where she shared something and she sees two separate things that she can kind of interpret, but there's no bridge. And sometimes I'll say one small thing that goes click and just connects the two pieces. And also she's like, I got it. You know, like, 
uh and so, so like sometimes like i guess all that to say don't be hard on yourself if someone comes to you and you are you feel like a failure you allow satan to come and be like your failure because you didn't interpret their dream correctly you know and you're because i i that's happened to me a lot where there's one little thing that i was like i feel like this with this thing and they're like whoa and then their eyes light up thanks for listening the elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner visit elijahfire.com slash give and then they you know god kind of gives them the rest of the revelation you know but it yeah spark you know yeah it was like the dream was a tinderbox of interpretation and all it needed was a spark you know and uh, to set be set ablaze with interpretation you know so um yeah it's like that old song it only takes a spark to get a fire going i have no idea what that song is <laughs> that's how it is with god's love once you've experienced it it was so beautiful yeah um and that that's true man like god you could be going through such hard times i mean ministry's not easy you have to like take the yoke of jesus um because the enemy tries to go after you if you're pursuing revival and the things of God and he's just like, come unto me, I will give you rest. And sometimes um, a kind word is encouraging. Um, I, that's one of my love languages is, you know, telling people kind things. And sometimes just one dream from God where he tells you one kind thing about you. It's, it just gives you the gusto to say, you know what? I am going to keep going because I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus and it's going to be so blissful and this is all going to be worth it, man. Mm -hmm. And I've been in times in my life where I was so discouraged and Jesus showed me my value. Um, and I could remember one of those moments was when I was first married to Jennifer, we were doing so much missions. I was burnt out and I was literally caught up in this dream and Jesus's face was like the size of a building. It was like standing in front of a three-story building and i was like hovering i don't know where i was but i was standing in front of giant jesus like this giant jesus face and i think i've shared this on here before he just smiled at me i felt so condemned uh in my life i still had not healed from abuse from trauma uh from being raised with an alcoholic who later got free praise jesus but um, I just didn't love myself. I could believe for everyone else to be saved. But when I saw Jesus's face, he smiled at me and it was the most beautiful, most accepting, most loving, compassionate smile I've ever seen on a human face. And by the way, Jesus is human. <laughs> He's part God and part human. And he was smiling at me and he didn't say one word. But all I spoke to him in my spirit, because we could communicate without words, was please don't send me back. <laughs> I was so enraptured. I was like, do not send me back. I don't want to go back to earth, please. And he was like, he said something to the effect of you must go back. And but I felt grace to do it. Mm. And I've had to look back on that moment. When the enemy tries to use triggers and familiar, you know, trauma stings to pull up past things about my life, I try to remember that smile because I know that through the blood of Jesus, 
<laughs> I am fully accepted and there's nothing I could do to earn it other than to yeah. just believe it. Yeah. Yield to his spirit and let him work it out. Mm. Yeah. So I love that dream. That was very literal and not hard to interpret. No. Jesus is smiling on me. Mm. He sees all I've been through. He's handsome. I, I'm, I don't mean that weird, but it's like, dude, he looks. You, you, I, I can tell you, you can't wait to get to heaven and hang out with this guy. He looks like a rock star. <laughs> He's so cool. Yeah. Jesus is cool. He's so cool. Super cool. (laughs) Um, So really quick, not to derail this, um, you had mentioned. Yes. I always like to kind of um, uh, explain certain terms or certain things of significance, um, especially for newer believers. So you had mentioned an eagle on your shirt and you said, Bob Jones were eagles. What is the prophetic significance of an eagle Monday? I love the fact that Bob, you know, would talk about eagles and um, eagles soar. And one of the things I love about them is they can see their food from miles and miles away. They can see a mouse from literally a mile away. Um, And God wants to give that kind of vision to people because down here we only see in part. Um, Then we shall see face to face and Paul talks about how we see in part we're we're here and like the colors of earth are nothing compared to the colors of heaven this place looks like a garbage dump compared to what is going on in heaven mm-hmm. i think it was keith green that once said that and we need god's vision his insight to show us how to see in technicolor when all we're used to seeing is black and white. Does that make sense? And he wants us to see what he's done for us. Like God wants us to get around people and they no longer smell the trauma and the prison of the past that we were confined in because all they can smell is the unfailing love of God. Mm. So it, it takes Eagle vision to, to really to, to see that and to understand it and to apply it in your life. Hmm. And you will be tempted to go back to Egypt. You will be tempted to go back to seeing analytically uh, and seeing through a religious lens. But that's why intimacy is so important with your relationship with God, because he wants to enlighten you. He wants to make your life so fun. He wants to make your life wild. I can't remember. There's this minister that's been on Sid Roth recently, and she talks about the wild love of God. And he is, man. He's wild. Wild. I love the way he opens your eyes. And um, I love how he gives the option to people, to him that has ears, let him hear. Yeah. And he gives you the option. Do you want to see dull for the rest of your life? Do you want to see black and white? Or do you want to be one that I can enlighten and you can now see in Technicolor? Yeah. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. Um, So in regards to dream interpretation, Monday, um, obviously there there is a measure of seeing patterns right okay yeah this Mm -hmm. this typically means this and that can be as a result of revelation your own revelation that can be a result of 
you know, someone else who's biblically based uh, their revelation and sharing it. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, I can I can definitely see that. And, um, you know, but I want to hear your thoughts. And I think you kind of you kind of started talking about this, but um, of like. I do feel like there is definitely a supernatural element to I, I to I absolutely know there's a supernatural element to interpreting interpreting dreams because um, that is going to come from the Lord because it's obviously yes. God is speaking to them and so God wants you to partner with Him to help decode this thing and it's yeah, actually exactly. an exciting thing I, I yeah I have a couple of dreams I'm still sitting on that I don't know the interpretation entirely of but if God hasn't given me the interpretation or someone else, the interpretation, I, I write it down and I go, Lord, you are going to, you're going to reveal this because you're speaking to me. You want me to get this right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah it is supernatural. Um, the Bible says you have not cause you ask not. So ask for understanding, ask for the gift to interpret dreams and, um, God will give that to you. And what I found to answer your question about the supernatural, the gifts of the spirit are going to be there to sort of be what you plug into to mm-hmm. interpret that dream. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're onboarding. So you take the dream, you plug in to first Corinthians 14 and God will give you words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, the gift of faith. Uh, Because sometimes you'll get a revelation and interpretation of someone's dream. And then there's the faith there to tell that person, this is what that means. That's why Joseph was able to say, this is what your dream means, Pharaoh. He had the faith for it and he had the gift of prophecy. And through that gift of prophecy, he saved a nation. So God's going to anoint his people that think they're nobodies to literally save your nation, save your culture, save your church save your city and create revival into the margins of society. And it is supernatural. I remember I was in England one time and just, this is an example of supernatural interpretation. Yeah. And I had only seen John Paul Jackson speak in one school. So I had, I I didn't know how to interpret dreams from Adam, but I did do this. Me and my friend, Richie Root, we went behind um, we, we were in a leadership meeting, um, that I was invited to where John Paul Jackson was there. And we asked John Paul Jackson, would you pray for us? Just pray anything. And he released everything he had received from the Lord to us as an impartation. Cause that's what God spoke to him to do. He had heard I'd been on the streets. He'd heard I'd been leading many people to Christ. And so after that impartation, from John Paul Jackson, I think something just, it was like a switch went off. And um, I can remember being in England and uh, we were, we were on the streets and we were talking to people about the Lord and we were doing what's called dream interpretation evangelism. Have any of you ever heard of such a concept? Uh, Uh, A couple of people, but it was wild and you kind of survey people and the way we would approach people is like hey how you doing today strike up a conversation and we would say listen we're out here and literally we're just trying to build a track record if we can interpret dreams for people we're doing it free would you like us to give you any dream interpretations and some people's eyes would light up you know they would love that some people like i'm okay i got work to do 
But this one lady lit up. She was outside on a cigarette break. No pun intended. A, yeah, no fun. <laughs> yeah. She was on a little uh, break and no. she was like, I got nothing better to do. Let's do this. And so I, um, I said, tell me a dream. I said, and here's what you can ask people if you do want to practice this. Sometimes people can't remember their recent dreams and that's quite normal. A lot of people can't. So sometimes I'll say, all right, how about this? Tell me a dream that you had over and over and over and over again. And it bothered you haunted you. You still don't know what it means. She goes, Oh yeah, I remember this dream. And for lack of a better English accent, nailed it, she bro. Said, nailed it. I had this wonky dream that I was being attacked by a bunch of what looked like Pinocchios and the noses were really long and they were poking at me and tormenting me with their noses. And she's like, do you know what that means? And so I looked at the team and I was like, what do you help Lord? And all of a sudden the Lord opened my eyes and he said, what did Pinocchio do when his nose grew? He lied. Jeff, you got it right. Yep. He lied. It's a riddle. See, the scripture is true in numbers. He Mm -hmm. speaks through riddles and even unsaved people like this woman he's speaking to through riddles. You don't even have to be saved to hear from God. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be saved to hear from God. Come on. He's right. probably seeding an encounter for their salvation. So I looked at this lady and I said, I know what it means. You've had men, Pinocchio was a boy, in your life who have lied to you, betrayed you, and God saw it. And she said, man, is that true? So like what the story was, her husband lied and lied. And behind her back was very, very, he was a nasty guy and left her. And it hurt her. All these lies that were told and the betrayal that she walked through was like being tormented by these Pinocchio noses, these long stories. She felt betrayed. Mm. And there's a lot of people in this world that, that do. And you would be surprised when you practice this, even in the vein of evangelism, how people will encounter the love of God. And just to put the icing on the cake, this lady had a tumor on her neck. And I said, cause, cause here's what happened. I said, now that God's interpreted your dream, can we pray for your healing? Any area in your life you need healing. Yeah. And she looks at me and turns her neck. And I didn't see this, but she had a growth on the side of her neck. And I said, uh, she goes, well, can God take care of this? And uh, I'm like looking at the guys that are with me because we were literally there training people how to do street evangelism through signs and wonders, dream interpretations, healings. I said, what do you guys think? Can God heal it? And these guys... They were so young. A lot of them in their 20s, college students. They were like, yeah, man. Yeah, let's do it. Come on. So their faith was rising for this miracle to happen. And so we we declared for that tumor to shrink. And all of a sudden, it completely vanished. She flipped out. She goes, no way. It literally is not there anymore. We saw it with our own eyes. Oh, I love it. God interpreted her dream and then gave her an encounter. And she will never be the same. Yeah. So this is just 
God meeting people right where they are. Yeah. So it is yeah. supernatural. And it I think that there's like, I think that there's, there's um a lot of frustration with, um, you know, with the whole idea of God speaking in riddles, you know, but if you think about it, like I, the, the satisfaction of seeing God give an interpretation, seeing this person who's like really perplexed, stumped by this riddle, right. That they've had. And, yeah. then, and, and then getting an interpretation and their spirit just knows when they get, yeah. it, you know, they're like, Oh, and then, you know, that lady uh, was like, that's amazing. Gavna, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> and, here's uh, the meaning of the seven sickly cows. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it gave Joseph uh, faith. Uh, right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but, it's yeah, it's... but I would even look at like that with, with Pinocchio. And I was even thinking about like, as you were telling it, I saw a couple of different things, you know, lies obviously, but w- what's Pinocchio's thing. I'm a real, bo- I want to be a real boy. I want to be a so, real person. So, yeah. So these were art. These were not real men. Like they, that's not how a man is supposed to act. Good you know? Jeff. And so I would, even, that's good. I, I would even take it a step farther and say that, you know, and so yeah. you can even, there's a lot of, it's fun because there is a legit partnership with the Lord where there is Holy spirit download, but then also there is that partnership of going, well, what do we know about Pinocchio? So there uh-huh. was that also that added layer of interpretation, but, but there's never a recognition from me of God, you can s- step aside. I got this because, yeah, right. right. So yeah, I think yeah. Pinocchio could show up in a, someone else's dream and you can't just then assume, Oh, that Pinocchio, Pinocchio is a liar. It's a uh, and, and he's he's fake because that that person could actually have a completely different. Uh, uh, Pinocchio could actually have like a good connotation for them, and, right? And then it's also important to pay attention to what Pinocchio was doing. What was he doing to the what lady? What was he doing? Yeah, that's important too. So you know what just hit me too. What? off the subject is it shows the humility of God that he's even able to relate to us in fiction um, that we write. He's not too high and mighty that he has to say, I'm not using a secular story to communicate to my people. He actually uses a secular written piece of fiction. Isn't that crazy? It shows that he, he's just for lack of a better expression down to earth. He really is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he is. that's what i love about god well it's like i mean he's used uh countless references with me uh, stuff that i've created myself just dreamt up you know yeah or uh you know my interest to relay a point or an illustration yeah all the time you know um and I so love that yeah and it's just i mean the the yeah, I just think it's great. It's so great. Love it. It's great. Uh, I, I I love I, I love sharing something that happened recently. Please. Um, sometimes God's dreams are are, are so literal it, it almost doesn't take a riddle uh, to figure it out. But recently, I had a dream that I was getting online and I was buying the company Roku. Now we all know that that's a streaming company, and people are buying them. They're little boxes that you can stream and cut your cable. Uh, and so I, I didn't do it at first and I should have because the day after I, I had the dream 
that I was buying Roku stock, they reported their earnings and their earnings beat every Wall Street's expectation. Oh. And it went up 12%. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And then the second day, it was up like 18%. I bought it on the first day, so we're still in the green. But it just goes to show that like, the Lord even cares about your finances. Mm-hmm. And he wants to give you what I call prophetic investing. Hmm. And you can even have a community of friends that you partner with. And I want to join one. Actually, I've thought of, I've actually prayed about starting an investing community where we share prophetic insights, dreams, intuitions that we're having from the Holy Spirit that could prosper us even in this horrible economy that we're in right now. Hmm. So God can show you how to prosper even in places of famine. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, uh, I just, I was just reminded of this, that, um, you know, I think also with dreams, it's never, um, there's always truth in the dream, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it could be, dip, mm-hmm. you know, it actually could be uh, the Lord showing, it could be a warning dream, right? It could be, a, yeah. it could be a, a prophetic message for someone. It could be insight into what you're doing. But then there's also dreams um, that are uh, pro- like processing dreams. Like, to, do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Where like, do you feel like it's, do you feel like it's um, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I would love to hear your like your insight into like processing dreams where like, I think we can make the assumption that something is like, always this profound something and so sometimes i felt like there have been dreams i've had that are just me processing out something like mm-hmm. if i was talking with the lord about something and then i have a dream that that night that is just sometimes i feel like it's god's way of just saying like hey i'm with you i'm i'm here with it like i'm near i don't know i want to hear your thoughts on that like what your opinion is on processing dreams all that stuff. Am I making sense in what I'm talking about with the process? You are. Okay. Because in life, there it's easy for us to get confused. As I keep, you know, hinting at that scripture, we see in part. So the Holy Spirit is our comforter, but he's also our helper. Write it down. Tell your neighbor. Help. That's one of my favorite prayers to God is help. because dude we need it we need him i tell i tell him all the time i'm like i can't make it down here without you and he loves it when we tell him that he wants us to be so honest we are so weak i'm not going to be able to make heaven without you i'm not going to be able to be successful in ministry without you i don't even know what i'm doing right now i don't even like this season i'm in right now and so yeah god will give you a dream to encourage you in the season you're in um i've noticed with god he never gives dreams where it's like a carrot dangling in front of your face Hmm. and you never get to that carrot normally when he encourages me with a dream it's right within reach and i grab it and i take it and it helps catapult me to the next level if that makes sense because like I've heard people, I had a dream like 30 years ago and it's never happened. God doesn't want to do that. He wants to give you dreams with application right now where it means something for you. You process it 
And he says, yeah, Jeff, you are on the right track mm-hmm. and just keep going. Cause I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to yeah. do that with you. And it totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, there's yeah, been a, uh, oh, go ahead. There's been, there's been times where I've gotten delivered in dreams. Okay. Let's talk about that. And that's something to yeah. process, but yeah. it's also, um, for me, it was something that I needed to encounter. Okay. So here's what happened. I went to Africa on a mission trip in 2003. I believe it was Lagos, Nigeria, Abuja, Nigeria. And I got traumatized there because um, I ate a, a fish that was caught out of a polluted river. And um, the people there just ate it, but I didn't know it was a polluted river. And I got the worst um, diarrhea. It lasted for three weeks. I couldn't Jeez. hold anything down. I couldn't put one piece of food in my mouth without it just leaving one sip of water without it leaving. And when I got home, literally the only way I could scientifically medically explain it is I had no electrolytes left, no nutrition. That must have been a horrible flight home. Bro, it sucked. I was having panic attack after panic attack. Oh man. I thought I had died and gone to hell. Yeah. I thought God didn't love me anymore. Mm. And I was losing my mind. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like I had social anxiety. I would not go outside Mm -hmm. and my wife was really concerned and praying for me. Um, Sometimes the biggest attacks come right before your door of promotion, Mm -hmm. because literally after this encounter, we entered into full-time ministry and went to Israel 20 times. Mm -hmm. We left her jobs and became full-time ministers. It was wild. And so I had to go through this door. So that night in all of this torment, I had a dream that I was laying on my bed and all of a sudden I felt myself float up on top of the bed. And literally I was like levitating in my room and these angels descended into my room and they were dressed in white. One of them looked female. Some of them looked male and they were they were they were dancing and I heard music and they were listen Jeff if people tell you that heaven's going to be boring it isn't like they these angels were party animals man they were like they looked like they were having the time of their life um for lack of any better explanation I thought man they've had too much wine and they were just partying dancing woo, <laughs> laughing <laughs> and i looked down and i was dancing and this is this is crazy i was dancing on a drum and i was beating on that drum and making a rhythm and i was cracking up and i woke i woke jennifer up in the bed because i was laughing so hard and she got irritated she was like because <laughs> i was shaking the bed laughing so hard Uh that day I woke up delivered. I could eat again. Wow. God brought the joy of the Lord and he turned my morning into dancing, man. Come on. Isn't that awesome? So he will, he will, he will deliver you in joy. He will turn your morning into dancing. He will take your ashes and give you beauty. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's through angelic encounters. Like this one was the same that Joseph experienced in Matthew 120. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Many people feel disenfranchised. They're like, well, Bob Jones saw angels and this guy saw angels. Why do I never see angels? Well, you probably have. Have you had dreams with angels in them? Then you have. And it's just as real as seeing them in person. Hmm. So come on, God's people yeah. get encouraged. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. The first time I ever heard about being delivered in a dream, it was crazy. I was, um, you know, I went through a really rough patch and uh, I, uh, I kind of felt like I was starting to get my hold on stuff, but God had given me a series of dreams that were really profound. Um, mm -hmm. and then this lady comes up to me, it was at an Elijah list conference. The last one we did actually, it was like early 2020. Um, and she comes up to me and she was just helping out, like put out food. Like she was one of those people that just loves to serve. And, and she just like, huh. I'm walking past her and she goes, Hey, um, and I could tell she was just like getting something from the Lord and was just saying it. So she wasn't even entirely familiar, like of what she was entirely saying, but she was like, the Lord wants you to know that he wants to encounter you in the night season. He wants to encounter <laughs> cool. you in dreams and that he's going to actually deliver you in dreams. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, you've I'll been take going, that. She was like, you've been going through a really rough time right now. And the Lord wants you to know that he wants to give you rest and he wants to, to give you deliverance in the night season. And I was like, man. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You know? Um, and so it, that's very much what happened. It was just like, God met me in a series of dreams. I actually need to go back and look at those dreams because I wrote them down. I'd be really yeah. curious. Um, yeah. Because sometimes you write a dream down. You kind of have a general idea, you know, you get a, a good interpretation, but then going back, there's some stuff that's always a surprise where like a couple of years later, you go look back and you're like, whoa, that's where I'm at right now. You know? <laughs> and so, John Paul Jackson would, would flip me out. Sometimes he would teach if you have crocodiles in your dreams, it means you need to rebuke gossip because there's people with big mouths oh, yeah. talking about okay. you. And then he yeah. said, snakes in your dreams could be long tails and you need to break gossip because snakes have long tails and people are telling long tales about you. Mm. So I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, that is really fascinating. Um, well, what about dreams that like constantly have a negative spin to them? Like say somebody who's, she, they're, they're, you know, it seems like night after night or anytime they do dream, it's something negative. Um, you know, I think John Paul Jackson put it this way. He often asks, what was the colors in your dream? And I remember if people don't have color in their dream, he said, normally that's demonic in nature because they steal, they steal color. And so negative dreams, nightmares, a lot of these things uh, can be classified as tormenting dreams, people being vexed by a demon. And there's open doors for that. And people can go through Jennifer's um, deliverance teachings, their trauma healing courses, uh, and even just deliverance teachings in general. Because sometimes we could be holding objects in our house that is opening doors to negative dreams, to nightmares. Yeah. And sometimes it could be like a children's book that we didn't know had pagan symbols in it. Mm. You know, and you just ditch it, man. Just throw yeah. it in the fire. Yeah. Um, we, we had... Uh, we had this couple at a church we served at years ago that had just come out of Wicca and witchcraft and all that stuff, new age. We had a bonfire where they had just got saved and they threw their books, their witch books into the fire. And 
I kid you not, something like a ball of fire jumped out of the fire and began to chase them around the field. And the guys that were just brand new in the Lord that we'd been discipling began to rebuke the demon that jumped out of the fire. And they said the fire exploded into thin air and it was gone. So like, yeah, I've heard, but still don't mess with witchcraft people, you know, do not practice divination. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I do. um, do, Well, sorry, really quick. I do feel like there is, it's not always, maybe it's not, maybe somebody's just going through like mental torment or maybe yeah, that too. It could be just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, God's just saying, you know, deal with this deal with this, deal with this, deal with this. Um, I had, I had a nightmare one time where God gave my brother and me the same dream wow. when I was five years that old. Happen. That's, that's wild. And, and honestly, every time I think about it, there's, I feel it in my spirit. There's this deep awe of like Thanksgiving that God would give that encounter to us, but it was actually a warning and we didn't have the, the understanding back then to be able to understand what God was warning about. But I had a dream and my brother had the same dream verbatim that my mom was angry, was standing at our front door, saw me in a, in a, in a friend playing in the distance and was throwing butcher knives at me. And all of them didn't hit my brother, but they were hitting me in the stomach. Oh, wow. And my brother told this dream at breakfast and I said, crash, you would, I had that same dream last night. And what I remembered about this dream was they all, the knives all hit me. Well, my mom ended up becoming an alcoholic. And when my siblings left the house, um, every time I was alone, the demons of alcoholism would, would torment me through, through my mom. And it wasn't my mom. It was just her being under the influence and um, that's one of the things that tried to take me out as a teenager, dealt, dealt with suicide, dealt with suicidal thoughts, which I wrote my song Silver Lining about. Mm-hmm. Um, but God was actually warning that my mom was going to be very much under attack and that it was going to try to take me out wow. of the family. Wow. And so God allows uh, warnings. And I, I even had dreams that I was visiting hell. I can remember at the age of three, four, five, before my father sat me down and led me through the prayer of salvation and explained to me that there's a place of t- torment and suffering. And so, and this has been true in many revivals, people write through history books that little children had dreams and visions of hell and of heaven and of Jesus, you know, and of angels. And so, Hmm. um, very fascinating. Yeah. There's one dream that I would love to tell before we close. I don't know how much more time we have. Now you're good. Tell it. When I talk about God's adventures in dreams, well, buddy, get ready for this one. (laughs) I was in Jerusalem. We were, not known by anybody. My wife and I, we were raising all of our support through friends and family. And mm-hmm. I mean, to the extent that I was like getting a yearbook and calling through the phone book and white pages, getting in touch with old high school friends <laughs> and saying, Hey, I'm a missionary now. Can I send you our mission newsletter? 
we didn't know where to start. We didn't have GoFundMe then. <laughs> we didn't have any of that. Yeah. We just, we felt the call of God. I dropped out of college to go into missions. And yeah. and we got a lot of support checks in the mail. It was crazy. But there was times where we really, frankly, struggled. Yeah. Well, one time, Jeff, I had a dream. We were living in Yamin Moshe, right outside of the old city walls of Jerusalem. <clears throat> and I had a dream, two, actually, in two consecutive nights. The first night, I had a dream that I had a little flip phone, and I opened it up, and I saw a 10-digit number calling me. And I was like, hello? The other voice on the line said, Shalom, Jerusalem. Shalom, Jerusalem. And then I hung up. I walked away and then woke up. I, I wrote the dream down that day because uh, I had been journaling my dreams in a little dream journal. And I wrote down the 10-digit number that was given to me. Have you ever heard this story? No. It's so fun. <clears throat> All right. So the second night, now remember, if God gives you a 10-digit dream, that's the area code and that's the following number. All right. So the second night. I had a dream that I picked up the phone and excitedly called the tangent number. A lady answers the phone. I could see in the spirit that she had red hair and that she was going through a seriously hard time in her life. And so I prophesied to her a word of knowledge. So I wrote down that second dream after waking up. The first was that I got the call from the 10 digit number. The second dream was that I called it a lady with red hair, answered the phone and I gave her a word of knowledge. When I got back to America from that trip, the Holy Spirit nudged me one day because I was fundraising and we were preparing for our next mission trip. He said, you remember that number? I said, yes, Lord. He said, so I got a phone. I dialed, <laughs> I put the number in the phone. The last four digits of it was 1411. During the mid 2000s and 90s, that was the number for information. You would dial that number and you would get information for someone's number. So God uh -huh. had some information. All right, so get this. A lady answers the phone. She says, Carpenter's house. I know a carpenter. <laughs> and I said, is this a, yeah, yeah. See? And she's, I said, is this a business? She goes, no, we're a church. I said, huh. Can I ask you a question? Sure. I said, do you have red hair? She said, yes. She's looking out the windows by this point. She's like, <laughs> why? Who's there? I said, yeah. you're not going to believe this, but I was just in Jerusalem. I was given this phone number. And I saw that you had red hair. I'm an evangelist and I was given a word. Can I share it with you? And she started crying when I shared her the word. I couldn't believe it, Jeff. I was like, these are stories that people like Bob Jones tell yeah. and like <laughs> Patricia King tell. And Jay, but I've never had these stories. I've never mm -hmm. had these encounters. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden I felt important to Jesus. I was like, would you really, did you really do that with my life? Not only that. Not only is it a word to encourage this woman working hard at a church, but she flipped out. She said, I was just in Jerusalem literally two weeks ago with Perry Stone. And I was like, uh, lady, I was like, lady, God knows you. He's read your mail. So 
she said she said this is why this is why this phone number is phenomenal to me she said one year ago today i think it was like almost a year to the day a prophet had been given the address of this church wow and came and prophesied to the pastor like what you're hearing help us continue to make elijah fire and the elijah fire podcast possible to get behind this ministry visit elijahfire.com slash give now back to the show he said and she said, now you were given this number. What was it again? So I told her every number. And she said, that's fascinating. That is not even published. She said, that's one of our church's numbers, but it's one of the rollback numbers. So if the line's busy, it will go to the voicemail. So God gave me a number that no one could have known. That's even more of the gem of this encounter. Wow. It's like he gave me the number to the church that nobody would have seen publicly mm. as a sign to her that this was God. Mm. Cause mm. I could have been a phony and looked up their phone number, you know, in a phone book and been like, Hey, I got your number. And she'd be like, yeah, right. You got it off the white pages. You know what I mean? But yeah. God gave me a number that no one Man. knew it wasn't published. Yeah. It was just an extra, and, extra layer. So that, you know, that could see to her. Yeah. And confirmed to you that it was of God. So that was Man, like so just cool. literal. That that didn't Dude. take much figuring out, much riddles. Come but on. lo and behold, that church let me come share in front of the church. And they ended up um giving into our missions to Israel and they became partners. So the fruit was just crazy. We we had a brand new partner and they were giving big big checks to us every time we left for Israel. So mm. the Lord prospered us through that encounter. He prospered Come that on. lady through that encouragement. So Come on. there's, I have, cool. I wish I could roll out this whole treasure chest. Um, of you write a way. book. You should write I know a book. it's time for a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, and like, that's why I honor James Gall. Cause he's had so many books about dreams. I would yeah. say he's, he's, he's a pioneer of God's dream language um, he's mm-hmm. one of the remaining, um, Kansas city's prophet. I think he's the only remaining Kansas city prophet I think he is. Yeah. today. Yeah. And, uh, I would honor him just by saying, if you want to learn more about God's dream language, go buy James Gall's books on dream language and yeah. encoding dreams. And, yeah. um, you can listen to his podcast, God encounters podcast. Yeah, That's there you really go. He talks about dreams all the time on there. So yeah. Really I think great. people are fascinated with it, honestly. And yeah, well, I think that's the way that God is really like connecting with unsaved people. And that's something that Cindy McGill has talked about a lot on this show about mm-hmm. just her experience of just, there's a lot, a lot of people outside the church that are having God dreams, you know? Yeah. Um, and so the sooner that we can step out and just be bold with it, uh, God's going to use us. You know, and um, it's, you know, allow yourself and look, I'm preaching to the choir here. I mean, like I'm preaching to myself that like, you know, stepping out in that way is something that I'm not the most comfortable with, with dreams. Like if I'm in a conversation, like face to face, that's cool. Yeah, talking to complete strangers, like, you know, about dreams. For some reason, I get kind of squeamish about it. So probably means I should do it. Yeah. Like you wouldn't believe the. um just the, the the sheer insecurity I had to like fight off when I began this journey, um, going to coffee shops and, and places like that in Nashville, karaoke's bars to begin to experiment, interpreting people's dreams. So it was wild. <laughs> um, yeah. um, 
a lot of times people would tell me their dreams and I, I was all by myself and I had no one, I had no interpreter. And I would like, I wouldn't get anything for like 30 seconds and they'd be like, the Jeopardy music's playing, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> and then the download would just come faithfully each time. Yeah. So, and even yeah. if you, you know, you miss it and you don't interpret it accurately and they're like, that doesn't mean anything, you know, just don't beat yourself up because it's through failure that we learn, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, yeah. if you miss it, if you miss a word of knowledge, don't beat yourself up. If you're doing yeah. prophetic evangelism and you like meet someone named, you know, or you're like, I think you have a friend named Jenny. I'm hearing the word Jenny. And they're like, I don't know, Jenny. And you're like, hmm. well, you're gonna meet a Jenny. <laughs> so save face. You will meet yeah. a Jenny. Do you and like when you Forrest do, Gump? You know, magic legs. Yeah. Ice cream. Yeah. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Ice cream. <laughs> Does yeah. ice cream mean anything to you? Yeah. So, you, yeah. So I, I think that's great advice Monday. I think. Um, you know, we are so afraid of failure. And I think that there's been a culture in some, some circles of, of the church where failure is not tolerated. Failure is not an option. You either get yeah. it right, you get it wrong. And if you get it wrong, then you go to hell, you know, or you need to repent and grovel and, you know, and it's, I think that that's created a lot of fear within people where they don't want to get it wrong. And I think too, it's like, right. that whole, <laughs> even just like hearing God in general is like, I know for myself, there was a lot of anxiety around like, I, I need to hear it right. Because if, if I go down a path that isn't right, then I wasted six months or a year or years, you know, yeah. and that's just not how God operates. Where it's like, if I do hear wrong, God is very quickly. Right. He knows my heart. If my heart is to hear him, he's very quick to like shut the door so that I can't go through it. You know, right. sometimes he says, Hey, actually, if I may, that is not the, uh, that's actually not what I was saying, you know, but he's never yes. like, he's never been, he's so kind and he wants us to hear his voice. And so that it's been those encounters with the Lord of his gentleness in that process. And actually, honestly, his joy that I actually even was trying to listen that like, that's true that, that he's like. That's made me want to press in more, even if I blew it in sharing a word with somebody and it was like totally a soul word or whatever, um, you know, you're, you know, do what you need to do in those instances. Um, but uh, always going back to him and being like, yes. okay, I heard it wrong. Totally blew it. Show me God, you know, like this, like, I want to hear you. I don't want to hear me, you know? So yeah, it's good stuff. It's, um, it's almost terrifying when you when you realize how simple God is. It's it's majestic, but yet it's so humble. Um, it almost seems like too normal, like because we're used to just having a dream, waking up. It's part of life. Mm -hmm. And when you see God in the midst of it, you're just like, I can't believe that the most powerful being in the whole universe that created galaxies and the universe is still expanding and it's like just because he spoke let there be and it's like he cares about what what appears to be compared to the size of the universe a speck of dust and speaks to me in the night like it's just so fascinating i i can't get over it um yeah. 
Well, and even just like I, I get like that too. When I just the other, or actually today, Lauren was doing something on her laptop, and I was talking to her, and she kind of mm-hmm. scooted all the windows out of the way, and her backdrop was the Milky Way galaxy. And I just had this, just it was like a moment, yeah. just this moment of awe, uh, where I was just like, and even just the the concept of time, and how like God is not subject to time, mm-hmm. and and you know it's like He. He's so tolerant of our, you know, our lack of understanding mm-hmm. and how small we really are, you know, where we're subject to something he's not subject to. And then we're also just teeny tiny itty bitty, you know, and I just how much he like is invested in us and cares about us. It just blows my mind. And the Woo. fact that he wants to talk to us and he meets us in the, like at night in dreams. And it's like, it's crazy, man. It's so cool. I I, I could write a book about that. Honestly, I probably should. I could even begin to journey into a book about how God speaks through the sense of feeling. Okay. And man, maybe that's like another interview in the yeah, future because well, I'm writing I, down. I've made some significant decisions in life just because of feeling the presence of God. Should I do this? And the presence of God meets me there. Or should I do this? And the presence of God's not there. And God is literally like, I love telling this, you know, it's so intimate between me and the Lord. And I guess I'm afraid to share it because I don't want it to be like casting your pearls. But I think God would have me share on it because I think he's going to invite people to be a people of his presence. And sometimes you can get God's yeses. We say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, um, through decisions that you need to make with your spouse and for your finances or for your ministry or for your business. Um, it's crazy. In fact, the, the, the way that I got that Trump was going to choose Amy Coney Barrett was, was a feeling that came into the room mm. as I began to write a poem about her. So wow. it was wild. Wow. Yeah. And I think you shared, I, you did share that encounter. Uh, it was like last year sometime we had you on and, and I, I'm trying to remember because you were sharing, I think about Ruth Bader Ginsburg as well. And I think, right. was, I think it was in the same episode. That was the feeling I'm talking about. Yeah. When I, when I, when, when Jennifer and I were in a season of intercession and I looked at her, I said, I feel like we need to pray for Ginsburg and that presence dropped on me, this holy, intoxicating presence. And it was God saying, yes, you need to pray for her. And literally she passed away within, within days. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, uh, pretty hardcore, you know? So, yeah. Well, yeah, let's do, I, I, I I think that's a really important thing. I think, you know, as, as God continues to pour out his spirit during these yeah. days. Um, I think it's really important to know what things mean, you know? Yeah. Um, and if this has really wet people's appetite and you're like, I oh, mean, I want to know more about dreams. Like this is really interesting. We actually did a series a four part series with Cindy McGill. If you're on YouTube, you can go to the playlist tab. It's in there. I think it's like series three or four. I want to go watch Cindy McGill. I'm yeah. hearing great things. Yeah, about so her. I want to like hear four, Four episodes, and then on that final episode, she did live dream interpretation, which was pretty sweet. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, so if any of you guys are curious about that and you want to go back, 
or even um, you did watch it and this is bringing highlighting some new things for you, um, it might be worth going back and watching that again too. Um, I think there's so much fascination I have with like the way God speaks. I think he speaks through the eyes, um, your vision, your hearing. Um, I've had him speak to me through feeling and we've had, uh, I have stories of how God speaks through taste <laughs> and yeah, um, it's fascinating. What's the other sense that I just left out? Smell. Smell. We've had encounters where the Lord fills the entire room up when we've been ministering with the, with the smell and the fragrance of roses so strong, you can smell in the back row and the front row. And it's like God romancing the bride, you know, um, God's romance. I've had moments of like, just for like, maybe just like a couple of seconds, I'll smell something, but I've never had anything where like, it was like a, like a, a, an aroma that stayed there for, you know, it's wild when it when it's happened. It doesn't happen to me often, but man, it's been cool. Yeah, that's and, super uh, cool. Then there's something that that God even does, where Bob Jones talked about this, and Larry Randolph talked about this. Something called synesthesia, when God crosses the streams of your senses, and you can smell colors. Yeah, well, I heard that's a thing in heaven too. Sound. Yeah, it is. I'm, I guarantee you, when we get to heaven there's going to be all these new senses and we get to experience seeing things through Mm -hmm. hearing, tasting things through smelling or tasting things through hearing, you know? Um, Yeah. And I've had those moments and it's, it's really, it's really interesting. So we can maybe talk about some of that soon. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Episode 93 is where you talked about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and um, Amy Coney Barrett and all that. So people are curious and want to check it out. That's episode 93 with Monday Martin. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, I would love for you to pray for people. I just, I, I, I just, I want to see people get just activated, dude. Like people are having dreams, like crazy God dreams. God, and come on. and I know even the people that are, it's their heart's desire to accurately interpret. And yeah. I do believe that God does want to impart some measure of like wisdom and revelation in regards to that. Yes. We just want to release God's dream army. Yeah. So father, We thank you for your people that are wild today. They're fascinated with you there. They they endeavor to be, to be your friend. Mm -hmm. And that is so key to even just our eternal life is to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ who you sent. And so I invite this, this knowledge of God, this relationship with God through knowing you. And I I invite this upon your people right now. Just say, God, I want it. Mm -hmm. Um, Give me dreams and God right now, just say, Lord, Holy Spirit, give me interpretation. Ask God right now, say, God, give me the fruits of the spirit that I can plug these dreams into and get words of knowledge from the faith to interpret the wisdom, the word of wisdom and the gift of prophecy. What you're saying, God, give me a heart and a mind that comprehends. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear do it right now some of you may even want to just touch your eyes and say god give me eyes to see some of you may want to touch your ears and say god give me ears to hear what the spirit is saying to the church hallelujah
And Lord, I just invite your people into this dream language and let it just be an ecstasy for them. Let, Let them be catapulted into your wonders, your love, your excitement, because it really is boring down here. And we want some fun with mm. you, Papa. <laughs> we want to come <laughs> sit on your lap and just have fun. And um, it's kind of like those angels that I saw in my dream, Lord. I just, I can, I know there's going to be moments of just awe and holiness in heaven, but there's going to be party times. There's going to be rooms where I believe we'll party. And I saw that joy on your angels. And I just invite that joy into people's lives right now. Let the anointing come through joy in Jesus' name right now. Take away sorrow. Take away depression. Take away insecurity. Take away rejection. You are not rejected. You are loved and adored by your creator. He would not have made you in his image if you if it were not so. You are so important to him because you're made in his image. And, and God wants to invite you to be like an Abraham, like a Moses, a friend. He wants you to be his friend. He wants to give you riddles in the night. And then he even invites to speak to you face to face. Ruach to Ruach, breath Mm. to breath, nostrils to nostrils. Like God, let your your exhale be our inhale. In Jesus' name, Lord, let it be that intimate. Wash every lie that the devil has said about us from our from our beginning here, because it's wrong. All of them are false, and I break and bind those lies that he's told off everyone right now. You are going to hear from God. You are going to be encouraged by the helper, the Holy Spirit, and you are going to be a conqueror, and not just that, more than a conqueror through him who loves us. Amen. Mm. More than a conqueror. Amen, man. More to the man. You just think Uh, about Genghis Khan, how much he conquered. Well, that's what we're doing to demons. Yeah, do it. We're doing it in a holy way. In a holy way. Don't be like that guy. He was naughty. He was a bad boy. Yeah, he was pretty gnarly. Um, Very bad boy. Yeah. All right, Monday. uh, You got a new. You got a new single coming out, right? Yes. Remember St. Patrick's Day. All right. All you Irish people out there. If you're not Irish, kiss your spouse and listen to my new song coming out on St. Patty's Day. Please don't forget. Screenshot this with your phone. It's my favorite song I've released so far. And I'm literally not kidding. You're going to love this song. It's called Press Rewind. So remember St. Patrick's Day. Coming up here, February 15th. Is that 15th? Hold on before I just download it. Amen when it comes out. February 17th, Friday. That's actually I want you guys March to hear 17th, Press not February 17th. Did I say Feb? That would be in the past, which I guess works with your Press We Want Rewind name, you know, but. Creative people have these like brain yeah. farts. Oh, yeah. Lord, help me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm right there with you, man. March seventeenth, yeah, so and you can download Friday. the song. Stream yeah. it on St. Patty's Day, but you don't have to wait till St. Patty's Day. Go to the description of this and go to my YouTube channel, and I want you guys 
to watch these things, subscribe to my channel, like the videos so I can pick up in the algorithm so we can get people saved through music. Word. Word. Good music that you'll like. Word. Amen. Yeah. So, and then obviously all you need other, this music, all the other places people could follow you on, uh, yes, are sir. on, uh, you know, links in the description. We got your link tree in there too, I believe. Uh, so people can yes, sir. get even extra bonuses of other places they can follow you and other resources. I get email after email, people saying like your music, I put it on and I just listen to it all day. I get encouraged. Um, well, honestly, and I want you guys to actually like, it's like total earworm music. Cause it was funny. Yeah, she was like, she was saying that she, she was listening to uh silver lining or singing silver lining. And I, it was funny when she said that. Cause I was actually like singing it in my head right there. So yeah. I, I yeah. know like if you listen to like may, maybe back in the world, a Fleetwood Mac song or a Stevie Nicks song, or, you know, just name some creative, um even even 80s music like tom petty when he first came out like it wasn't predictable and i i tell this to people often like today in our music everything has become so predictable because we're so routine now we're mm. um, lost in our devices of which i'm guilty of um but i think that's what god's people are going to like about my music you need to go listen to it i'm not just like telling you you, you know this is a good idea. You have to go listen to my music because even Christian music today has lacked creativity, lacked originality. So I want my songs to be unpredictable because God is very unpredictable. You know, even Jesus was unpredictable how he would do miracles with each person spitting in mud for somebody. So I like that there's an unpredictability um, and you need to get that in your spirit. That's why when people listen to my songs, it might help break you free from the ruts and some of the, you know, does that yeah. make sense? That makes I know sense. I'm like, I'm trying to market this hard. No, right now, it, but hey, it's all good, dude. It's all I just good. know, Art, you, you Christians know? need good, good music. And this is yeah. fun rock music. It's not really worship. Even though some of the songs you could just get caught up. I've had people say they're getting drunk in the spirit, yeah. dancing to my songs. Hey, man. That's cool. <laughs> so that's, that's really cool. funny, Lord. Yeah. All right. Well, I Monday. The, uh, yeah, we love you. Thank love you, guys. You, we think you're great. You guys mean uh, more to me than you ever know. I appreciate uh, you guys, Jeff, Illumination, uh, Steve, and Julie. Everybody, Elijah, mm -hmm. List, Elijah, Fire. Yeah. Amen, man. Well, uh, dude, thanks for being on the show. I think this was great. Um, yeah, and like I said, everybody, you know, this is a good introductory. Um, if people are curious about dreams, you can send it to them. And then also uh, you can jump into the uh, dreams series that we did with Cindy McGill as well, if you're interested in that. Uh, but um, yeah, God bless you guys. Oh, tomorrow we've got a new guest. Her name is Kara Starnes. I've been getting to know her. Um, and uh, she is going to be sharing. She just wrote a new book called Defend Yourself. And she shares her testimony and she's going to be sharing on the show about how she got, she overcame PTSD and trauma um, and got delivered of that. Um, and it's really powerful. I think you guys are really going to be blessed by that. A lot of people are dealing with anxiety and all that stuff right now. Um, and God wants to see that broken off of people. So uh, she also uh, is the, um, she created a organization called Safe Passage, which uh, it aids in supporting trafficked and high-risk children 
through Christ-centered trauma and informed and specialized services which are relevant to trafficking recovery. So really, really great organization. Uh, you know, you guys know I'm really passionate about human trafficking and seeing that end. Uh, so this is going to be a great episode. You don't want to miss it. Uh, so that's going to be tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. God bless you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow, which is Thursday. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 